Looking for the best gifts for everyone on your list? Kendra Scott has just what you need. Find jewelry for every style and an affordable price. From diamonds and genuine stones to the season's best trends, Kendra Scott Jewelry is a gift that's sure to wow. You might even find a few things for yourself. Shop now at KendraScott.com and enjoy 15% off your order with code JOY15. Tis the season to give joy. Ellie Cashmore, a review by Ellie CMKT. (laughs) Sat at work on a Sunday and decided to undergo my first listen. I can honestly say I feel inspired and motivated from one episode. This podcast is the perfect balance of personable and professional. Both Harry and Adam make everything easy for the listener to understand. Look forward to my next listen. And we had a little chuckle there because she's titled the review her own name. So that's why that's funny. And if you want to know how to hack your way to getting your question answered on the show and move to the top of the list, it's as simple as what Ellie did. Leave us a review at the same time you send in your question. Let's get into Ellie's question about end user marketing to drive growth through retailers. Music (laughs) makes the people come together. Yeah. So Adam, question from Ellie, who left the the Sterling review. Um, I'm just going to read it out to you. I'm interested in hearing if you do anything for businesses that don't sell direct to the end user, but to retailers. As we don't sell to the end user, a lot of the marketing and added value content I've bought in, in my eyes, is to give our brand a personality, value, and image in the end user's mind and have some contr- and have some control over messages about technical products which retail staff aren't educated enough to sell to their full potential. No commas here. <laughs> but it's hard to measure in terms of sales conversions for a variety of reasons. So I'm interested in seeing what you think and if you have any suggestions as to how I can better understand and measure this better in future and bring it all together more. So many structural holes in our businesses, it never ends. uh, And our industry isn't like normal ones. It's full of late adopters who don't work nine to five lifestyles. Loving the show, I'm staying tuned for inspiration. Cool. Okay. So there's a lot to sort of unpack there, to be honest. So I'm just going to try and make some cliff notes of this. Um, so Ellie works in a, uh, in a industry where she sells products for a retailer and her role in this is to create the demand, the pull through for, for the retailer. So end users are aware of the product. She's trying to do basically probably content marketing, add value, stop it being a commodity solution. So people go in and ask for their brand when they go into a retailer. She's got pain points right now in terms of how one, <clears throat> We've got a potentially um, technical solution and we can't go and get retailers to talk about the technicals of our solution well, so we need to create content for it. Secondly, how do I close the loop to make sure that the efforts that I'm doing, we can actually close this loop and understand what's working in the market. About there? About there, yeah. Uh, If it it helps, uh, it's agricultural industry. Perfect. Well, to be honest, when... Cows, <laughs> farms, <laughs> and she says farmers a lot, so I'm assuming uh, okay, it's just big fields and animals, agricultural farm. I think the key thing is for to just to, two things just to dive straight into is one, 
Ellie asks, do we have any experience in it? This is exactly yeah. the same. I, I, smiled, I smiled when I, when I read it. Because you know where I was going to go like with it, probably. Just flipping copy, paste, 100%. And what I mean by that is we work in an industry where the supply chain looks like this. A manufacturer makes a product. They put it into a retailer. That retailer looks something like Travis Perkins, B&Q, Screwfix. The tradesperson then has to go into that shop and buy from the retailer. Mm. The retailer sells 40,000 SKUs. One SKU is not important. The brand has to do the work to create the pull through into the merchant and then the trade goes and fits it in the homeowner's house. This model is exactly the same. <clears throat> and the second part of that is Ellie says, our industry is unlike others. And I'm sorry, Elle, but you're no, you are not a snowflake. Like this problem hits so many, <laughs> this, this problem hits so many industries, but I completely empathize with the fact that it feels, because, because Elle's probably digitally savvy understands email marketing understands all this good stuff mm. everyone else that doesn't look like that feels slow but it's amazing how many industries that i've learned so i thought the construction industry was unique i thought we're dinosaurs don't know how we're selling business 27 billion pounds a year and it's going through fucking like windows 98 mm. still like i <laughs> so I, I used to think exactly the same thing in terms of like our industry is so behind how am i going to use new technology new marketing tactics facebook ads to, to drive demand that is scary to them yeah which is 100 percent scary to them so i think we just have to just take that off the table and say no no this industry is not unique they are there are common problems that a lot of industries are going through right now it feels unique because ellie's more savvy than her than her client or the retailer but that for me just creates a huge amount of opportunity for Elle in terms of her role yeah definitely so <clears throat> I'm going to try and unpackage this and we can, if I just go off topic and don't answer the question, just slap me and pull me back in place. Gladly. <laughs> so the, thir the first thing I think to unpack is doing this content marketing to add value. That is the brand's job in terms of the retailer. You, you can never expect a retailer to do the legwork for you. These guys have got a set number of shelf space lots of different SKUs to look after. That The importance of your product to them is completely outbalanced to the importance of your product to you, mm. if that makes sense. I love the fact that Elle's doing end-user marketing to drive the pull-through. I think the biggest mistake that a lot of brands make is when they're doing the end-user marketing, they're just doing awareness, okay? So they're just doing the big awareness campaign. So if you think about Coca-Cola, the big example, they do brand awareness campaigning mm. because they know that their distribution's everywhere. You can always pick up a can of Coke. I think what Elle needs to think about is how do I do the awareness campaigning to the end user so I own the customer so then I can choose where I send them. And I'm not saying that she needs to change the supply chain, but what I am saying is if she's doing awareness marketing, instead of saying available at your local store or available at these branch locations, she should then get them onto an email list or get them into a Facebook group or get herself one step closer to the customer so then she can regularly communicate to them so she owns that customer because then all of a sudden she doesn't have to do brand awareness play. She can do direct communications through email, through Twitter, through Instagram, whatever the, the channel is. She should think about it in terms of let's not do brand building, let's do user acquisition. So I know who my target customers are that go into my retailers to buy the product. How do I get all of those people and own them and put them on an email list? 100% that should be the first job because then that will help her with the next problem which is how do I close the loop? which is if I'm doing all this brand play, how do I know if any of it's working? So I think, and just correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, she has a question here where she's struggling to understand the, f the full attribution of the efforts. So she's doing, she's doing some great work, and how do I know the impact that's making on the business? Yeah, she mentions um, 
retail staff aren't educated enough to sell their f- uh, to sell the product to their full potential, but it's hard to measure uh, the sales conversions essentially for for a variety of reasons. So she, she obviously she just doesn't there's no connection between the merchant or whoever's selling the product to I guess her figures. She's never getting that sales yep. report. Maybe. So a couple and of things no, on there's that. There's no way of linking the chain, like you say. Yeah, I just want to throw, uh, I just want to actually do a throwback to the fact that I, just when you said, I can't, I'm, I'm going to try and quote it verbatim, but the retail staff aren't educated enough. Mm. From that note, you now have an option. And Elle probably really enjoys digital and, and doing the marketing side of it. But you need to understand, you've got, there's a limited number of resources you can put in a business. When I used to work at a company called Keylight, we used to sell roof windows. And everyone calls a Velux a roof window. So the brand term, like Dyson, Hoover, all that good stuff, it's just known as a Velux. Even a roof, a roof window is known as a Velux. So we had to really have that massive brand perception change to actually, no, no, you're not asking for a Velux, you're asking for a roof window, and we've got a competitor to Velux. <clears throat> so I could do two things. I could go and spend all my time speaking to the customer who would buy the product, mm-hmm. or I could go and spend all my time with the retailers. I actually spent the first 12 months of my career driving out to the retailer, which is our, as is the builder's merchant, and doing staff training for them to tell them when someone asks for a Velux, here's the top five things you need to know. So Elle might want to look at doing some content marketing for her retailers, which are, here's the cheat sheet for our product. So she can actually educate them. The thing is, they will never, ever, ever do the work unless you incentivize them to do it. Because the, the people on the staff count, the counter staff, they're not incentivized on sales. They're not commission-based. Mm-hmm. So she needs to work out what can be put in place with retailers. And it might be like the best store gets this goodie bag or the best store the person the highest selling performer in that store gets a 250 pounds love to shop voucher there must be some incentive for the guys on the counter to want them to do the hard work what did you do for the roof windows we give them cash back yeah we just basically said like for every time that you sell a roof window for the next three months to show me that you've learned this thing you get cash back so then we did it on a staff counter level so they got the physical guy would claim the sale get cash back and then once we did that education piece we then pulled a step back and they made it the best branch because I looked after 24 branches. Mm. The best branch would get a, a pot to share. And then once we did that for six months, we just stepped back completely because we got the wheels in motion because all of a sudden their customers started coming in saying, can I have a key light? Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd use that as a vehicle to get the retails educated and motivated to actually do the sales for me. To the point, and this is like, I hope to God my old boss don't listen to this. I got that engine working so well that it allowed me to buy time to basically be at home while thinking about what I wanted to do with my business because I got the retailers working so hard for me compared to me having to do five site visits a day. So that's an interesting throwback that I think is relevant in terms of thinking about how she gets the retailers more educated and incentivized to do the work. Second thing about closing the loop and again, going to pull it back to the very first thing I said. If she gets one step closer to the customer and she has them on a list, then she can start to do some interesting things directly with the end user. And I'm not talking about selling direct to them. I understand that Elle's got to respect the supply chain. There's shops, I'm going to say shops, there's retailers that stock her product and she needs to drive the demand through there. But let's just say we've got a campaign coming up with Crown. They have, they have, they're in a unique situation because we managed to roll this out very fast. But here's this model. We do a campaign, claim a coupon code. They then walk into a crown decorating center, use the coupon code, and then all of a sudden we know exactly how many coupon coupon codes were claimed on Facebook. We can see the conversion rate to how many of them we use in store, and we can see the new business we grow, we drove to crown. L probably doesn't have that luxury of being able to go to all the retailers and say, there's mm-hmm. a unique code and roll that out because yeah. it's just infrastructure-wise, it's really tough. 
But she could do stuff where it's like, and I don't know the product. Let's just say she sells, I don't know, corrugated roof sheets for cow sheds. Don't know. Okay, I'm just going with that. Okay, <laughs> I'm just going with that. We, we mentioned cows. Corrugated, bring it back. Thank you, man. <laughs> corrugated roof sheets for cow sheds. So all of a sudden, her target market are farmers. So she needs to build a database of farmers and communicate directly with that. Own that customer. Build the brand. Stop being a commodity. Make them think about your brand when they want. Cor- you want to be the best corrugated. You want to cut out content. Make them think. When I think about corrugated sheets i think about ellie cashmore simple as that okay (laughs) (laughs) so weird sentence so from there if you own the customer on email you can then do some interesting stuff which is like oh by the way guys if you buy from us send me your receipt because i put all the receipts into a bag and one of you is going to win x y and z like an extra free corrugated roof sheet i don't care but she can start to do some stuff to Mm. get the, the the customers to feed back in Secondly, this doesn't sound like a startup. Like this sounds like it's been in business for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's a it's a massive it's a massive industry <coughs> like, like the yep. construction industry, but it's obviously it's in air quote setting its ways. Yep. It's old school and um, yeah. So. But even if it's set in the ways, one thing that you've got, and again, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm just literally repeating what we've done. We did some work with a brand called Screwfix. Screwfix have been around for a while, so we had historic sales data. So all of a sudden we can go, okay, let's talk to our, our client. We are screwdrivers and go, okay, what was the historic sales of the last 12 months? And they went, well, this many units per week or per day or per month. So all of a sudden we can go, okay, so, so your average is this. So we know that if we move that baseline up, our campaign's been successful. So Ellie can all of a sudden start to think, don't think about the national coverage she's got. Think about, okay, what do my retailers look like in Birmingham? What's their average sales? So I'm going to do some test campaigns trying to drive more sales in Birmingham. And if I create an uplift in the baseline of average mm, sales, yeah. <clears throat> I know that's worked. I can go to my boss and say, listen, here's what I've done. Here's what I've spent. Here's the baseline increase. Can I please roll this out nationally? Yeah, cool. That's one way to try and close this loop in terms of how do I know if my social media awareness campaigning impact is actually making a difference. So L, here's the, here's the cliff notes. One, think about educating your retailers and incentivizing them to do something. You're not a snowflake. This industry problem occurs a lot, but it feels very personal because me, you, Harry, the team, we're all very digitally savvy using Facebook, using e-commerce the way that everyone will be in the next 10 years. Your job is to try and pull your customers through that journey. Think about demographic data in terms of baseline historic sales. Think about coupon codes, but most importantly, get yourself one step closer to the customer so you own them. Because let's just say a retailer a new retailer is thinking about stocking you. If you've got a database of users, you can drive straight into that retailer in day one and get, create the pull through because that's all these guys care about. Put it on the shelf and selling it through. If you can control that, you scale the business very, very fast. Solid. Um, yeah, there was just one bit at the end of what she said about uh, the industry is full of late adopters who don't work nine to five. I'm not sure exactly what that means or how relevant that is, but I guess it's the the end users buying from the retail? So my head goes straight to the fact that I don't care when, where or who your customers are. Like you need, you are in business because you understand your customers. Do not try and change their habits. Try and fit yourself into their habits. Do not try and sell the unsellable. Do not try and reinvent how they buy your product. Don't try and send them somewhere they're not already going. Try and fit yourself into how they operate. Make their life easier and they will thank you for it. Build the brand that way. Plug yourself in. Don't try and... The phrase is don't try and boil the ocean. You just can't do it. It's too big of a challenge. Just try and fit your business into the way that your current customers work. Don't try and change their habits.
Awesome. Uh, yeah, I think we've covered everything there. Guys, if you have a question just like Ellie did, you can email in harrison at experttrades.com. Two T's in the middle, one S at the end. And we are on 80 reviews at this point in time in the podcast app on iTunes. Guys, if you haven't left us that five-star review, head over, leave us that review. Same time, leave us a question, and it is obviously the best way to hack your way to the top of the list. We want to know why you listen to the show, where you listen to it. And if you've got a business you want to plug, it's a fantastic place to do it because we'll read it out. And we have thousands of listeners of this show because you awesome people keep sharing it thank you so much speak to you next time